Henry David Thoreau once wrote, I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. Everyone has highs and lows in their lives. We prefer the highs. We'd rather ignore and avoid the lows. But they both have lessons to teach us, valuable lessons, that if we would choose to learn them, it's the difference between living deliberately or not living at all. Thousands of years before Thoreau, the Apostle Paul came to the same conclusion as he was writing to the Philippian church. He was not in the woods, but imprisoned, but it still gave him uninterrupted time to look back at the full sweep of his past and gain some perspective on the lessons he could learn from all the triumph and tragedy in his life. He said in today's scripture reading that he had known prosperity and poverty. He had known fullness and hunger. He had known both abundance and suffering. His life was proof that following Jesus does not make one immune to pain and hardship. He would have known nothing of a prosperity gospel. You would never hear him say that the strength of your faith guarantees you wealth or advancement or comfort, but your faith does bring you something valuable, something that money cannot buy. And it is the final secret to a joyful life in our series in Philippians. It's the gift of perspective. Our scripture reading today contains what may be the most popular of all Paul's sayings, Philippians 4.13, our memory verse for this week, which says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I mean, it's easy to see why we love that verse. If you take it a certain way, it kind of promises a kind of superhuman ability to achieve anything you want. We treat Philippians 4.13 as if Jesus could be for us as the yellow sun was to Superman, or the can of spinach was to Popeye, or the super soldier serum was to Captain America. But that is not what Paul intended when he wrote that verse. Because if that were true, then he probably wouldn't be writing it in prison. He would have Philippians 4.13'd himself right out of there busting through the walls, knocking down the guards, running off to his home in Antioch faster than a steaming locomotive. This most famous of all of Paul's verses does not promise us unearthly superpowers, but it does offer us the last critical secret to a life of joy. It's found in the third word of the verse, I can do all things. Now, if you look at the Greek root of that word, it does not suggest I can perform all things or achieve all things. The word for do is a choice select word that Paul rarely uses in his letters. It is rooted in the word that means holding on, to persist. The Common English Bible translates it as, I can endure all things. It's a word that is connected to the passage of time. The kind of strength that God gives us is not instantaneous. It does not enable you to pivot quickly from sorrow to jubilation. It does not empower you to avoid hardship or suffering. 
Instead, this strength is only realized as you allow time to pass so that you can see with incremental clarity just how God is enabling you to endure and, more importantly, to learn. This is what Thoreau called living deliberately, to learn what the highs and lows of life might teach him, to see life as a doctor sees an EKG, that the highs and lows mean you're alive. A flat line means you are not. In The Book of Joy by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama, the book that I referenced at the start of this worship series, they offer a term for this secret to Paul's joy. They call it the gift of a wider perspective or a larger perspective when it comes to encountering hardship. They recommend stepping back in our mind from the immediacy of the suffering beyond our own limited self-awareness and self-interest to seek the long view, the wide view, what Desmond Tutu called the God's eye view. There we might glimpse that perspective of eternity, that God is at work steadily, albeit subtly, to bring you hope and healing and lessons that we would not otherwise learn. Tutu said, I have sometimes said to people, when you are stuck in a traffic jam, you can deal with it in one of two ways. You can let the frustration really eat you up, or you can look around at the other drivers and see that one might have a wife who has pancreatic cancer. It doesn't matter if you don't know exactly what they might have, but you know they are all suffering with worries and fears because they are human. And you can lift them up and bless them. You can say, please God, give each one of them what they need. The Dalai Lama said, we must look at any given situation or problem from the front and from the back, from the sides and from the top and the bottom. So from at least six different angles, he said. This allows us to take a more complete and holistic view of reality. And if we do, our response will be more constructive. This kind of wider, broader, long-term view does not mean a rose-colored view or a naivete that ignores the sufferings and challenges of the moment, but, but it does allow us to take in the glimpses of hope and healing and transformation that are happening, maybe in the periphery of our narrow vision. It's what enabled Martin Luther King Jr. to say that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice and allows the work of anti-racism to be guided by the refrain, we shall overcome someday. So the question you might ask yourself in the coming days is this, what will allow you to gain a broader, wider, longer-term perspective on the hardships you are facing or the hardships that we face in the world? Or in terms of astronomy, what would give you an overview effect? That's the term that science gives to the phenomenon that astronauts experience when they are in space and see the Earth in its entirety and in all its fragility. They see the oneness of humanity and how tenuous life really is, hanging together like a ball in midair. They return to Earth changed. They see their own personal issues and even their own national interests in a very different way. 
Apollo 11's Michael Collins said, the thing that really surprised me was that the earth projected an air of fragility. And why? I don't know. I don't, I don't know to this day. I had a feeling it's, it's tiny, it's shiny, it's beautiful, it's home, and it's fragile. And recent space tourist William Shatner said, everybody in the world needs to do this. Everybody in the world needs to see. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. There's the blue ball down there and the black up there, and there's the Mother Earth and comfort. Paul somehow gained that overview effect without traveling to space, and we can too. It enabled him to see all the highs and lows of life as teachers so that he could learn to live with contentment no matter what had happened in his life. So the task that each of us have is to determine how we might gain that wider, broader, long-term perspective on life. One way is through prayer, of course. So was reading and studying and meditating on Scripture. Those are sure ways to appeal to God's wider view of history in the world. I think that's also why travel is so important. The, the noted traveler Rick Steves has said, travel is rich with learning opportunities, and the ultimate souvenir is a broader perspective. Back in 2011, my daughters and I visited the Philippines, my parents' ancestral homeland, their hometowns, and even their childhood homes. We took a four and a half hour car and ferry boat ride from Manila down to the large island of Mindoro, where my mother's family grew up. From there, we traveled to the small island of Salonai, where her actual neighborhood was, and was accessible only via a six foot wide, half mile long footbridge connecting the small island to the mainland. To get there, I hired a driver of sorts, a man on a tricycle with a small sidecar that I crammed into. It was Solonai's equivalent of Uber. He navigated me onto that rickety old bridge, dodging the boards that were falling apart, until we got to the barrio. There were no cars, no paved roads, no organized streets per se, just collections of simple homes built around common water sources, where residents would gather to visit and do their chores in shared common space. We got to my mother's childhood home and was greeted by her cousin, Boy Rojas, Rojas being my mother's maiden name and my middle name. They nicknamed him Boy, even though he was probably in his late 50s. The thing I noticed first, and the indelible image I have of my Uncle Boy, is his smile. There he was, sitting in the front of his home, accompanied by Bobby Vergara, the barrio captain or mayor of Salonai. He showed me around my mother's home. It was spartan, very clean, simple living without extravagance, no cable television, no air conditioning, a very small refrigerator and stovetop to do the cooking, no fancy cars, and any food or supplies meant navigating that footbridge to carry everything back from the mainland. I would have expected living conditions like these to be an excuse for joylessness. But somehow, Uncle Boy Rojas demonstrated for me the gift of a wider perspective and a secret to the irrepressible joy and laughter on his face.
he led me into one room where he had displayed these three pictures. They were of his three daughters, each of them in their college graduation gowns. He beamed with pride, telling me about one daughter who graduated with an MBA and is now working in finance, another daughter with a degree in healthcare, another one who works in accounting. And I will never forget what he said to me. I don't have a lot of money. I'm pretty poor. But look at my daughters. They are doing well now. And he beamed that smile. I told him thank you for showing me how to be rich in spirit and in family and in joy. And he beamed again and he nodded and he smiled and agreed. For Boy Rojas, he found his wider perspective in the sacrifices he made to ensure a better future for his children, which they were now realizing for themselves. And as one who shares that literal DNA, that has been a helpful guide for my life as well. Your wider perspective may come from a different place. It may come from holding on during hard times so that eventually, in retrospect, you might see the good that has come from your tough situations. Your wider perspective may come from seeing the humanity in someone who is different from you to bring more empathy into the world. Your wider perspective may come from seeing God's image in the eyes of someone who has wronged you to learn how to love and forgive. That even when you feel like there is nothing left to give, God will give you enough to go one more day toward a future with hope, a future with justice, a future with joy, so that you can say with confidence and conviction, I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let's pray. God, thank you for being the source of our joy and our strength. Grant us a wider vision and a broader perspective to enable us to learn from all of what life has to teach us. When we experience triumph, give us loved ones to share it with. When we experience sorrow, give us loved ones to bear them with. In all things, open us to the lessons you would have for us, that we might live with contentment and joy and a strength that endures. In Jesus' name, amen.